Let us come before God in prayer. Let us pray. Saving God, source of our calling, your word is full of power and glory. Pour out your Holy Spirit upon us so that we may receive your grace and live as your beloved children. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Good morning. The first reading is from the Old Testament, Genesis chapter 1, reading 9 to, uh, verses 9 to 27. And God said, let the waters under the sky be gathered together into one place, and let the dry land appear. And it was so. God called the dry land earth, and the waters that were gathered together he called seas. And God saw that it was good. Then God said, let the earth put forth vegetation, plants yielding seed, and fruit trees of every kind, on earth that bear fruit with the seed in it. And it was so. The earth brought forth vegetation, plants yielding seed of every kind, and trees of every kind bearing fruit with the seed in it. And God saw that it was good. And there was evening and there was morning the third day. And God said, let there be lights in the dome of the sky to separate the day from the night, and let there them be for signs and for seasons and for days and years. And let them be lights in the dome of the sky to give light upon the earth. And it was so. God made the two great lights, the greater light to rule the day and the lesser light to rule the night and the stars. God sent them in the dome of the sky to give light upon the earth, to rule over the day and over the night and to separate the light from the darkness. And God saw that it was good. And there was evening and there was morning the fourth day. And God said, let the waters bring forth swarms of living creatures and let birds fly above the earth across the dome of the sky. So God created the great sea monsters and every living creature that moves of every kind with which the waters swarm and every winged bird of every kind. And God saw that it was good. God blessed them saying, be fruitful and multiply and fill the waters in the seas and let birds multiply on the earth. And there was evening, and there was morning, the fifth day. And God said, let the earth bring forth living creatures of every kind, cattle and creeping things, and wild animals of the earth of every kind. And it was so. God made the wild animals of the earth of every kind, and the cattle of every kind, and everything that creeps upon the ground of every kind. And God saw that it was good. Then God said, let us make humankind in our image according to our likeness, and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, and over the birds of the air, and over the cattle, and over the wild animals of the earth, and over every creeping thing that creeps upon the earth. So God created humankind in his image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. The second reading is a responsive reading from the Old Testament, Psalm 82. God has taken his place in the divine council. In the midst of the gods, he holds judgment. How long will you judge unjustly and show partiality to the wicked? Give justice to the weak and the orphan. Maintain the right of the lowly and the destitute. Rescue the weak and the needy. Deliver them from the hand of the wicked. 
They have neither knowledge nor understanding. They walk around in darkness. All the foundations of the earth are shaken. I say, you are gods, children of the Most High, all of you. Nevertheless, you shall die like mortals and fall like any prince. Supple God, judge the earth, for all the nations belong to you. The third reading is from the New Testament, Ephesians chapter 2, reading verses 11 to 16. So then, remember that at one time you Gentiles by birth called the uncircumcision by those who are called the circumcision, a physical circumcision made, by, made in the flesh by human hands. Remember that you were at that time without Christ, being aliens from the commonwealth of Israel and strangers to the covenants of promise, having no hope and without God in the world. But now in Christ Jesus, you who once were far off have been brought near by the blood of Christ, for he is our peace. In his flesh he has made both groups into one and has broken down the dividing wall. <clears throat> that is the hostility between us. He has abolished the law with his commandments and ordinances that he might create in himself one new humanity in place of the two, thus making peace, and might reconcile both groups to God in one body through the cross, thus putting to death that hostility through it. And the last reading comes from the New Testament, John chapter 17, reading verses 20 to 23. I ask not only on behalf of these, but also on behalf of those who will be, believe in me through their word, that they may all be one, as you, Father, are in me and I am in you. May they also be in us, so that the world may believe that you have sent me. The glory that you have given me, I have given them, so that they may be one, as we are one. I in them and you in me, that they may be, become completely one, so that the world may know that you have sent me and have loved them, even as you have loved me. This is the word of God. Friends in Christ, what I say to you this morning is proclaimed in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. You noted the sermon title there just a second ago. I'm still here for those of you in the sanctuary. This is probably the most controversial sermon title that I've picked, selected, written in, 20, in 30 some years. Hopefully I get to the end of it and it makes sense for you. The problem with being created in the image of God. As we come this morning and we celebrate Black History Month, I have to start this sermon with a real true confession. I'm not really comfortable this morning. And it's not just because of the sermon title. I'm reluctant to preach about black history, or I have been, because, well, it's not that I'm indifferent, but it's just that I don't have the experience I'm not a black person, 
and, and to try to give articulation to their experience of history and of life uh, in Canada is something that is, is beyond me. I'm aware of the racism and discrimination that is part of their experience and that they have suffered, uh, but I just don't feel that I've got the knowledge to really deal with it adequately. And yet, I was able to have a couple of casual conversations with some folks way back in February of 2020. Seems like a lifetime ago, doesn't it? Or yesterday, depending on how it works in these strange two years that almost didn't exist. And those conversations started me thinking at that time. And so, to begin with, I'm grateful for those conversations with members of our congregation here and for resources of others who are smarter than me with experiences that I don't have, particularly um, a resource that was prepared for, um, by the, an organization called Christians Together in Britain and Ireland because it has served as a catalyst for me and it has guided some of my thinking over the past week as I have thought about what I, would, that I, what I might say. The other, oddly enough, is um, a, a, a study leave that I took back again in June of, of 2020 um, at the Indigenous Summer School at the Vancouver School of Theology. I was really looking forward to a wonderful trip to Vancouver uh, in the summer of 2020 that, of course, never happened. Um, but that also started me um, thinking and wrestling with some of the uh, questions that, that have come into, into our contemporary uh, language, things like decolonization uh, and what does it mean to be colonizers. Um, so that is part of this discussion as well. Because indeed this, this resource produced by Christians together made for what is known as Racial Justice Sunday in the UK. It notes that, to begin with, racial justice is everyone's issue. Whether or not we might know someone of color, injustice and discrimination is contrary to the will of God. And so each of us should be concerned about it from, a, from, the, from the standpoint of injustice because our fundamental Christian belief is that injustice grieves the heart of God. And that when God sees people suffering, he automatically turns toward them in compassion. That's our great hope isn't it, as Christians? That when we are suffering, our God lifts us up. And so likewise, when God sees others, he lifts suffering, he lifts them up as well. So that is always our starting point in these difficult conversations. As we heard Andrea read a moment ago from Paul's letter to the Ephesians, Paul writes that there is supposed to be this unity in Christ, that a unity that transcends covenant and religion and race, to bring all together by the blood of Christ. And yet, and yet, 
As the Reverend Martin Luther King noted so many years ago, Sunday morning in North, in North America, Sunday morning at 11 o'clock, pardon me, is the most segregated hour in North America. Even back, especially back then, Christians gathered together in our own silos of culture and race to worship our God, and indeed that still is the case. Prime, you know, there are so many churches, Presbyterian churches, that are all whites and Anglo-Saxon, Irish or Scottish. I know, I know we're getting a little bit looser in the stays these days and we tend to have Italians and all kinds of exotic people in, in congregations. But by and large, many of the congregations that I have served have been monocultures of their ancestors. And the same is true with other cultures and races. Across the, the, the country and the Presbyterian Church in Canada, we have our Taiwanese Presbyterian congregations and our Korean Presbyterian congregations, our uh, Chinese Presbyterian congregations, our Hungarian Presbyterian congregations, each with their own silo, their own cultural experience reflected in that group. But we never get to mix with each other terribly well. It's been, my, however, my privilege to have served in two congregations where I think there's a little bit of mixing going on. And that's wonderful because I believe truly that that is a reflective of the kingdom of God. One from many years ago and this congregation where we are now. We could certainly have a broader diversity, but we do have people that look different from us. And people who speak different languages from us. People who have come from different places in the world. And bring their gifts and their experiences into this place. And so we always should be celebrating those things. That oneness. And we should be working against that idea that we gather in worship silos at 11 o'clock on a Sunday morning and stay away from each other. But that's not always true. Despite all of our theology and all of our well-articulated ideals, why is that the case? Why is it that we struggle to give life to the unity of the spirit which, of which Paul speaks? Reflecting on all of these things this past week, I was led back to the very beginning, to the story of creation the creation story is the account of God's calling forth the rich diversity of this, of this earth. Genesis records that God creates all of the fish of the sea. And God creates all of the birds of the air. God creates all of the plants and all of the trees. Each of them, each bearing different seeds, each of their own kind. And God brings forth all all living beings, cattle and creeping things and wild animals of every kind. Did you hear that? All of it. And it's diverse and it's different. It's exotic. And then something happens in the creation story. The creation story shifts 
from the diversity to singularity. The creation story goes from the many, all of the things, to the one, the one God. And in that moment, our division of the diversity gets distorted by our human understanding. The Genesis story goes on to say, Then God said, Let us make humankind in our image, according to our likeness, and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, and all of the birds of the air, and all of the cattle, and all of the wild animals upon the earth, and over all of the creeping things that creep across the face of the earth. And so God created humankind in his image. In the image of God, he created him. And made male and female, he created them. One of the, the basic functions of the human brain is to sort, is to separate, is to discriminate. What is of me and what is not of me? It's a very important function of the human brain and of our human bodies. It is the basis of our immune system. Our body senses a germ or a virus and it determines this is not of me. And it rushes a great army of white blood cells to isolate the intruder and kill it to protect our body. Thank God for our immune systems that keeps us healthy and strong. This function draws us into families and clans and groups of people. We learn to identify the people who are of us and the people who are not of us. Those who might pose a threat to our safety. And it triggers in us the most Deep-seated responses. Fight, flight, and freeze. We all do it. And we all do it without thinking. In a moment, we can go to being happy and, and engaging with other people and we just shut down. Or we run away or we get our backs up and we fight those are good things they keep us safe we want a fight flight response when we meet a wolf in the woods or a coyote maybe even a skunk in the backyard although you don't want to run away too fast and yet there's also a negative component to that dis differentiation as well. It, those, though that ability of our brain to separate and to discriminate one thing from another can also cause us to look at those who are different from us in unhealthy ways. While being created in the image of God is this wonderful and blessed thing that should be celebrated 
it also leads us to some rather ugly conclusions. Rather than looking out at others and seeing the image of God in them, all too often we look in the mirror and we're prone to see the image of God in us. I am created in the image of God. And all God image bearers look like me. And those who do not look like me are not created in the image of God. The other that belo- the other then becomes something less than just another part of the creation over which I have been given dominion. It's one of the things that we struggle with in our culture these days, isn't it? What does it mean to be colonized and colonizers? How do we share the world and all of its resources with all of its people, especially those who lived in countries before we got here? It's been at least part of the reason for the enslavement of people in Africa, but also the enslavement of the Korean people by the Japanese in, 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 in Asia, and the colonization of countries around the world. When people who look different from us or speak differently from us are seen as being not of us and are reduced from being part of the great human, diver, uh, the great diversity of humanity into lesser thans, to creatures not created in the image of God. That is the problem of being created in the image of God when we forget that others are too. The celebration then of various people and their histories is important for us. It's important for us to celebrate and remember because their history is so often intertwined with our histories too. Movements like Black Lives Matter are important for us to embrace, all of us to embrace, all of us who are here today to embrace because there was a time when black lives didn't matter and we're part of that history. Black History Month is also difficult for me because so much of the material that we find comes from the United States and we want to write it off, right? Because so much of it is, is part of the, uh, the, the, the social renewal and, and, and the work of people like Martin, the Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. and the freedom for, from slavery and discrimination. And we want to think that that isn't us. And yet, it's funny, you know, in the midst of our saying, well, that's not us. We didn't do that here in Canada. Every now and then you get, well, slapped around a little bit and told, well, maybe it's not quite what you think it is. That's been my experience this year, this past week. It's funny, you know, that sometimes as you keep working on things, you start finding things that you didn't think existed. And this week, 
I've had pop up time and again these little references. References to slavery in Canada. That we're not really all that aware of. From John Baker. Thank you Wes. Who reminded me of John Baker. Who came to this area of Ontario. With his United Empire Loyalist owner. And Presbyterian. So we're not perfect. Um, but John Baker, who was one of the number of slaves that came to this area, to a friend of mine posted something of slavery on Prince Edward Island, beginning first with the French colonizers and then continuing into the early 18th century when uh, the English came and took over the rule of the colonies. There was still slavery there as late as the 1820s. We are called to remember the oneness of our creation. Not singular, but one. That God creates us to be one. One as a, as a diversity of people gathered together, one in the spirit, held together and drawn together by the love of God made known to us in Jesus Christ welcoming those who are different from us because we see in them the image of God. Turning our eye especially toward those who are in need who are different from us because their suffering grieves the heart of God. And out of the grieving of the heart of God comes the mission of the church. It's an awkward balance. It's a balance we've been struggling with for probably the entirety of the time that I've been in ministry. The shift of how we look at what we do in the world as a church and moving from the idea of missionaries to partners. We continue to support the church around the world and in our own country and we partner with that with communities and nations and our brothers and sisters in Christ who are in other countries so that we can address the needs of the world it's not a black history month story but it's a good story it's a diversity story it's the story of, I'm going to use the term because a hundred and some years ago, we still use the term a missionary. The Reverend George Leslie Mackay. You should all be proud of George Leslie Mackay. Because he was a missionary, a, 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 he, a, a, an overseas staff person that working with a working in, in Taiwan to bring the gospel of Jesus Christ to those people in Taiwan. George Leslie Mackay dedicated his entire life to the people of Taiwan. He went to Taiwan. He married a Taiwanese woman and had mixed children, Taiwanese and Canadian. And throughout it all, he kept saying to people, the people that he would encounter, that Canada was a Christian country and that we were governed by 
this vision that all are created in the image of God. And yet, when George Leslie Mackay wanted to come back to Canada on deputation um, in the early 1900s, his family couldn't come in without paying the head tax that was levied on every Asian person coming to Canada. And it was with shame that George Leslie Mackay had to go back to China with his family and acknowledge that this was happening in Canada. <laughs> God moves in mysterious ways. George Leslie Mackay was elected to become the moderator of the General Assembly of the Presbyterian Church in Canada. And George Leslie Mackay, from that high pulpit and that position of, of deference at that time, began a campaign within the Presbyterian Church in Canada to abolish the, the head tax on people from China so that our country might reflect that value and that goal that he had espoused to his to, his, uh, to the people of Taiwan as he preached to them that all were created equal. And it's because of the work of the Presbyterian Church and George Leslie Mackay that the head, that the head tax was removed from Chinese people. Back when we were in the children's story, I said that simple little equation do what you can, where you can, with whatever you have to make the world a better place. It is our calling as people of God to gather together, to be committed to finding and seeing the image of our God in other people so that God, being created in the image of God is no longer a problem but a blessing. And that we work, and that we work together and commit to making this world more like the kingdom that God would have it be. Thanks be to God. Amen.